morning, Joy Christian Center. I'm so glad you joined us today. My name is Paula and I serve on the student ministry team. As you are all well aware, churches look very different over the last several weeks. My family and I have been attending Joy from right here in our living room. Wherever you are watching from today, I just want you to know we are glad you're here. During our time together today, Pastor Brian will be sharing. We will join the band for a special song. And a little bit later in our time together today, Pastor Brian will also be giving us an update about the Feed Our Community initiative. It's going to be a great time and our family is excited to be a part of it with you. Hey, good morning, Joy. Well, here we are. We're in the meantime. This is you and me. It's that space in between where we used to be. We're not here anymore and we have not yet arrived here. And that distance in between is what we've been calling the meantime. It's in this space that life can get uncomfortable and confusing sometimes. And quite honestly, I think it's what we've all pretty much been feeling for quite a while now. We, we sort of feel it physically because of distance, emotionally because of the uncertainty. And as a society, we're not here anymore. We would like to go back to what it was a few weeks ago or a month and a half ago. And, and we're not quite here yet. We know that someday there's going to be, uh, we're going to be able to come out of this cave. But we're all in the meantime. And this space can be difficult. And, and yet there's lessons that we can learn here. There's, there's faith that can be developed in our life or in the meantime. Because it describes a part of our walk uh, of faith with Christ. And so we've been using kind of a quick recap that was given to us by Luke in, in Acts chapter 1. And Luke describes this. He says it's, it's something that Jesus began to do and to teach. And what he was referring to is some things that he had written in his gospel. Because just a, a few short weeks before this or months before this, the disciples were over here. This is where they learned to follow Jesus. It's where they learned to do whatever it was that Jesus asked them to do. It's where they watched Him preach and teach and heal and, and confound and rebuke. And, and, and really, it's, it's pretty much where they thought they had everything figured out. But then Luke talks about some of that. And then he says in verse 11 that this Jesus was, was gone. He was caught away and that someday He's going to return. And that's the trap that in the meantime brings to us. The disciples found themselves between these two points, staring into heaven, <clears throat> just kind of hoping and wishing and waiting for someday. And, and that's the problem that in the meantime brings to us because we can tend to default to the someday syndrome. Someday it's going to get better. Someday I'm going to have more. Someday I'm going to be ready and then. But really what God wanted them to see was that while they were in the meantime, there were some things that needed to be developed in them because where they were going and what they had experienced, I should say, wasn't enough to bring them to the place that God wanted them to be when they got over here. They were going to need some help. And, and eventually it took a divine encounter with some angels that interrupted their someday syndrome, sort of with this question, why are you guys just standing here? Why are you staring off into heaven? And, and, and that's what we need to learn is that sometimes interruptions are really divine encounters in disguise. Sometimes what we deem as an interruption into our life, uh, uh, in, into our routines, and, and, and sometimes it takes this divine interruption or an encounter to upset kind of the balance and the rhythm of life. It forces us to think and act differently. Uh, sometimes these opportunities or, or interruptions give us the opportunity to pause, to assess, or to even reset what it is that we've been doing. 
Sometimes these, are, these encounters are really uh, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And many of you caught on to this last week, and, and I saw it in many, many posts that you made. And, and that in the meantime, Jesus was teaching in John chapter 16 that He would leave us an advantage or a guide whose name was the Holy Spirit. And He would be the one that would bring us into all truth. And, and, and I used the illustration of scuba diving. How that this, div, this guide, and, and when we were scuba diving, the, the dive guide would use his knife, he would tap on his tank, making a kind of a tinking, tapping sound, and that tank, that tapping would alert us to things that probably we would have never seen on our own. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. But here's the problem that, that in the meantime brings to us. Sometimes in the meantime, what we really want is God to be our ride when God said He would be our guide. We want Him as a ride to our destination, but God said He wants to guide us there. And what we end up doing is we kind of treat God like an Uber driver. Hey God, can you drop me off at my new job? Hey God, can you give me a ride to my blessing? Hey God, could you just drop me off over there somewhere? Because man, it looks like they're way happier than I have than I am and often the somewhere that God wants to bring us to is not as important to the truth as it as the truth that God wants to guide us to or show us uh, in the meantime because the goal isn't for God just to get us through this the goal is that God wants to develop some things in our hearts in our life so that we live more like Christ does that we would love more like he does when so that when we get there there's a change in our life and so really, in the meantime, is this place that we learn to trust God. It's where we discover that God's hand is on us, that God is He's not going to forsake us, that He's never going to abandon us, that He will lead us and that He will guide us, that He will feed us. He's going to protect us just as He promised that He would. Now, the children of Israel found themselves in a space in the meantime when they were in the wilderness. They weren't in Egypt anymore. They had not yet got to the promised land. And, and so we catch up to them in Joshua chapter 3. And after 40 years of life in the wilderness, the people were about to step into the destiny that God had promised them. And we find them, they were camping at the Jordan River, and they were about to leave this space of in the meantime. And in Joshua chapter 3, we find these words that on the third day, the officers went through the camp giving these instructions. On the third day, and, and the third day is always significant when it's when it's found in Scripture because it speaks of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And, and that's really what was happening to the nation here. They were about to step into something brand new. They were ex about to experience a new beginning as a people as well as a nation. What they didn't realize is that they were also going to be asked to leave some things that they'd, that they'd really gotten comfortable with as well. It, it, scripture goes on and it says, When you see the priests carrying the ark of God, follow them. And this is important. You have never before been where you are going now, so they will guide you. You're going to go someplace that you've never been before, and so you need a guide. Doesn't that sound familiar? Tink, tink, tink. And aren't you glad that there's a guide that we have in life to give us an advantage? Now, it says that they'd never been this way before which is part of the reason that we need a guide. And does that also speak to the situation that we're living in today? We're experiencing interruptions into our daily routines, into our life, and, and the routines, the rhythms of our life that we've trusted in, uh, they're, they're gone from our life. And many are saying, I just kind of want to get back to normal. And that's what the nation of Israel was experiencing as well. But I think that we should ask the question prayerfully, God, what are some things that maybe you don't want us to go back to whenever there is a normal 
And, and, and here's my earlier point, because whenever there's a new season, it's, it's something new, something that we've not experienced before. And because it's unfamiliar, it causes us to be uncomfortable. We want to go back to, to what were, was familiar, but God divine, brings us a divine interruption into our life to disrupt our, our routine and then trust Him. Now, here's the thing. Our faith and our trust is going to grow when we're in those unfamiliar places. When you don't know where to go, when you're not sure what to do, this is the place that, man, you can really get to know God better in your life. And then he he goes on and he says this. However, this is kind of weird in a way. However, stay about a half mile behind uh, with a clear space between you and the ark. Be sure that you don't get any closer. And this is a re- reference to the ark of the covenant or what sometimes has been known as, as the, the ark of the presence of God. And this is such a great lesson because even though as they were told to, to stay kind of a half a mile away from God. Because even sometimes you might not feel like God is there. You might feel like God is distance. But this is a reminder that He isn't. In fact, it might be completely normal and to feel this way. But it's a reminder, again, as we're digging deep into that trust of God, that God is closer than He would appear. And then verse 5, we read these words. Joshua told the people, Purify themselves for tomorrow. Tomorrow, he said, the Lord will will do a great miracle. And here's the beauty of this passage. He says, if you consecrate yourself today, God is already in your tomorrow. Don't confuse tomorrow with today. Tomorrow's God's job, not your job. It's his job description. And so when it's something that we haven't experienced before, we tend to get scared. We get confused. We, we're worried about tomorrow. And sometimes I think God is just sort of reminding us, hey, give me my job back, that, that my job is in today. And so this idea of, of, of purifying really is the idea of consecration or the idea of devotion. Even though we can't be in church right now, don't stop coming to church. We're thankful for this experience that we can have online together. Don't stop worshiping God. Don't stop depending on God and developing and deepening the faith that you uh, have already because God's really not far away. He's right here with us.
Well, greetings, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today and we're part of our worship service. And, you know, as uh, we prepare to take a look here at our, our, our giving for this week, we've got a scripture we want to share with you. And it comes here from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And notice the way it reads. It says, Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. And then we find in verse 7 that it says this. It says, Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. And we're going to leave that there for just a minute because we're going to refer back to it. Because, you know, much of the, uh, much of the information that we're receiving in, in this current season of life, uh, you know, it comes from a speculative basis. And uh, in some instances, it's, it's really a high risk factor when, when we think about is it safe to believe or is it something we should act on or not. And, and instead of bringing comfort and peace, it, uh, that some of the knowledge that's out there now, it brings worry, it brings distress and discomfort. It's, it's not helping. It brings impatience. But, uh, you know, those are some of the very reasons that we need to stay in God's Word and, and keep it dear in our heart, close in our heart, and make it part of our daily life that we can walk and do in the way that God would have us to. And, and it's so important for us to pray and for us to walk in love and read our Bibles and all the many other things that we do that help our lifestyle. And, 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 and in the midst of it all, we've got to give thanks to God. Now, take a look. Notice so what it says here it says the peace of God the peace of God that exceeds in other words it goes beyond all understanding something we're hearing or something we even know it exceeds that and notice what it says it will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus and I like that as I think about it because that helps remind me that not to sit around thinking thoughts of sickness but to be thinking how good God is and how we can praise him and how he's a God who heals it helps us also to think about uh, maybe someone that, that needs some encouragement or needs a word of uh, of love and, and peace spoken over their life because it's real easy for us to get in a lonely position during these days but if we recognize God wants us to be at work and do the things that he's called us to do we'll be blessed and concerning giving today certainly we want to realize that we don't sit around thinking about what we don't have or think, well, this is a house of lack. No, we want to think about God as a God of abundance. And so therefore, we will continue to serve him with our finances, with the gifts, the many things he's blessed us with. We give that portion back to him. That's the way it's supposed to work. So I tell you what, let's just pray together right now, thanking him for what we have and for the blessings he brings into our life as we prepare to give. Father, we thank you so much that you are, you are a God of abundance. We come to you with everything, with all our prayers and our petitions. But Lord, we have to thank you because you're the one who's brought the gifts and things before us. And we know that every gift, good, every good gift comes down from above, Lord. And we thank you for that. And once again today, Lord, as we're preparing to, to make our gifts and our offerings for this week, we want to thank you that, that you've blessed us and therefore we'll be a blessing. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought I'd finish this series out by coming down here to one of the more peaceful and relaxing places in the St. Cloud area, the Mississippi River. Although sometimes, and especially at this time of year, it's not quite so peaceful. You know, sometimes with the snow melt and different things that happen, the river can really be running fast and even overflow its banks. You know, Israel faced a scene that was a little bit like this when they approached the Jordan River to cross over it into the Promised Land. And as sometimes happens, God didn't have, he didn't do his homework, didn't have his plan together. And uh, uh, he had led them to the Jordan River during the harvest season, which usually meant that the Jordan River was at flood stage. It was overflowing its banks and uh, made it almost impossible for the people to cross over. Now, if, I, if I'm being honest, if, if I was Joshua, I'd be like, really, God? 
you couldn't have planned a, a better time to do this. You brought me here when it's a flood stage. I mean, it's impossible to cross right now. How in the world are we ever going to get to the promised land, to, to that which you promised us? And if we encountered this, I, I know that there would be some of you that might be a little bit scared because of the power of the river. Others of you that might, you know, your problem solvers, you'd be looking for, for the rocks. You'd be looking for the shallow places that you could cross over. Others of you, you're kind of hobbyists, you're builders. You'd be, you'd be building boats, you'd be building rafts to get to the other side. And that's what we do in the meantime. In the meantime, it looks impossible to us. And as we've learned earlier, it's in the meantime that God can, God can feel distant to us. But we know that He's really not distant. He's, he's always with us. And sometimes He's really positioning us for a greater miracle. Because when we feel fear, then tink, 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 it's really an opportunity for us to exercise faith, to walk by faith and not by sight. You see, in the meantime, God had something else in mind. When the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which was sometimes referred to the Ark of His Presence, and let me just say that I think that in this time that we're in today, that God is asking us to seek out His presence as never before, to really dig deep into His Word and, and into His presence through worship. And so when the Ark of God's Presence came into contact with the impossibility of the floodwaters, a couple of things happened. As the priests stepped into the water, the water above that point began to back up. It says, the Bible says, a great distance away at a town called Adam. And then the water below that point flowed down to the Red Sea until the river became dry ground that they could walk across. Uh, and so imagine for just a moment if we could stop the water from flowing in Little Falls. How long do you think it would take for us to see the effects of that right here where we're standing? How long would it take until we'd see the water drain from this point that way? to the point that we could then walk across on dry ground. And, and the point really is just because, is, is this, just because you don't see God working, and maybe He's not moving fast enough, it doesn't mean that God's not working. Before, before they could cross over, God had to stop what was flowing from the city of Adam. And that's a lesson for us because that's what Jesus did at the cross. He cut off the law of sin and death that had been flowing from the time of Adam until the time of the cross. But there were still remnants of fear and anxiety and discouragement. And that flows even into our life. The, the deceptions are still flowing from Adam. And, and God wants those voices to be stopped in your mind and in your thinking. And that's why, again, the, the Word of God, the worship of God, it'll begin to calm and to soothe your mind and, and it'll bring His presence and His peace into your life. And here's the second thing that happened that I think is really interesting. The priests carrying the Ark of the Presence of God stopped until all of the people passed by, which I think is very telling. This isn't, this isn't actually the second thing that I wanted to mention to you, but I love this about God. God is not willing that any perish. God waited by the high priest. He waited until everybody had gone by. And God wants everyone to be saved. His love and His mercy will never cease. It's always waiting and, and desiring one more. The second thing was really this. The priests were told, and we see this in chapter 4 as well, that they were to take rocks from the river and then place them as a remembrance or a memorial, a place that people would notice and then ask, what are these rocks for? And they could give a testimony about what God had done. And, and as I've mentioned a couple of times, it's not that God wants you, get, wants you to get from where you were to where you are. Certainly that's important. God didn't want to get Israel just to cross the water. He wanted them to take something from it. You know, this world is in a mess right now. And as more than one person has said at different times, that the ministry is always in the mess. If there's not any mess, then there's probably not any ministry. And so I want to close this out with a really quick thank you. 
On Easter Sunday, I told you about a project called Feed Our Community. I mentioned that we were gonna take 25% of our Easter offering, which traditionally is one of our bigger offerings, and match that amount with money from our Joy to the World giving and see what we could do to help feed our community. We became aware that Manea's Meats had already begun to reach out to the Sock Rapids area, providing a ham and cheese sandwich, chips, bottle of water uh, for those that were in need. And that effort, while including children, was particularly focused on some needy elderly people at the Russell Arms Apartments in Sock Rapids. And so, Joy, this week, and this is just the first step to feeding our community, I was honored to represent your generosity. You and I provided Manea Meats with the ability to serve a thousand lunches. This gift will give them the ability to extend their serving uh, to, in our community for another couple of months. I don't believe that you can ever outgive God. When we care about what God cares about, when we reach beyond ourselves, and when we sow seed, God says that He will bring a return back to us. And Joy, we're just getting started. You know, we've said for years that we're a family church teaching people to reach their world. God has planted us right here in central Minnesota to make a difference here, and we're doing that. You and I are doing that together. You know, this season of life on planet Earth has changed it in significant ways. And I'm pretty confident that there are some old ways of doing things that will never ever come back. And I'm equally certain that there are old ways of doing things that should never come back. And I'm praying that God would do something new in each and every one of us and that we would tink, 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 hear that still small voice, that we would respond to His voice as the guide leads us.